0: Hi, Eric. Hi. How's it going, Aaron? I'm
1: fantastic. I got released.
0: I know. I I accidentally tricked you into telling me that like four days ahead of time. I know. (laughs) On our last recording.
1: It's kind of interesting how like... Your calling, like when you get released from your calling, like you're not supposed to tell anybody. It's like it is a an big, interesting a big taboo. surprise. Yeah. I don't know why that is the case. Um. But yeah, I got. released I don't think that's in the
0: DNC. It's not in the DNC. It's yeah. kind of sure. this
1: thing where people all like to get this. I think it's the surprise factor. People just like to yeah. to hear. You know, oh, we got released.
0: all along Well, let me ask
1: you this, Aaron. Yeah.
0: Did you find out the sex of your babies before they were born?
1: That's a good question. We did. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: then we honestly, we clearly dude, we don't, don't really believe in
1: surprise. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, we don't care about surprises. <laughs> So, I got released from my calling. Now, I want Wait, to... remind everyone what your calling is. So Maybe I'm... they didn't
0: listen to the last episode. That's because right. It started with a zero. And that's true. It who did start with a zero.
1: Who goes in that order? So, I was finance clerk here in the Berkeley ward for seven years. It's a long time. Seven years as finance clerk. And I have to say, it was an awesome calling. So, um, what's a calling? Oh, that's a fun question. Yeah. I guess I would define calling. If
0: somebody unfamiliar with faith asked me what's a calling, I would say it is a a position you are asked to fill. That's right. So, it's volunteer, right? Well, it's sort of volunteer, right? Yeah. Like, the you are allowed to say no. Yeah. Although, how comfortable you are saying no mm-hmm. varies a lot from person to person. Yeah. But... And in rare occasions, you do actually literally volunteer and say, hey, I'll do this calling. But yeah. generally speaking, you're asked to do
1: it. And then yeah. some the volunteering comes when you get baptized. You kind of call them. Yeah, that's right. You kind of, yeah, that's right. You kind of volunteer to do these things. Um, yeah, so calling in the church. I was uh, the clerk for a long time. Um, and um, we're going to be talking about money today in the church, yes. which is a super interesting topic. Um, before we got there, though, I just wanted to say how, how much I enjoyed being a finance clerk. All right? So I've had lots of callings in the church, um, a variety from all kinds, from teacher of little kids to, you know, whatever, all kinds of different things. Sure. This calling is the only calling that I'm going to walk away from, like, I really feel like I just, like I got yeah, right, you figured it out. I figured it uh-huh. out. Right, so I just got called to something else. I'm going to be working with like in the elders' room, doing various things and whatever. But I know I'm going to try really hard. Like I'm going to, I'm sure. going to do my best. No one's doubting you. Eric. But it's ne- but it's so but it's so nebulous, right? Sure. How many callings have you walked away from just thinking, you know what? All the people who I was responsible for, I did the very best to make sure. And the that auditor they- said so. Yeah, that's right. But in the yeah in the finance one, yeah. At the end of the day, I could close the file cabinet lock it and walk out the door and thinking, you know what? That's it. It's great. I got graded, right? <laughs> I got graded by an auditor and he said whether or not I did this right or this right and I was able to fix it. Whereas if you're if you're like elders quorum president or a Sunday school teacher, there's no grades.
0: No, there's and no, one of the, there's
1: no idea that you got it right. There's
0: and one of the frustrating things is you know you could always have done an additional, yeah. you could have you know donated another minute to the cause. Yeah, there's always,
1: oh, I could have got that extra 5%, right? Or something right. like that. Maybe if I, but anyway, but not with finance click. That's great. The second thing that I really liked about it was um, I got to work with my hands, right? There's something really satisfying about moving little pieces of paper around. That was kind of my yes. experience, right? <laughs> um, I had the same experience when I was in grad school. Um now I'm a computer programmer, but when I was in grad school, I used to grow uh, crystals in these little trays, and they were beautiful. And at the end of the day, I could look in the microscope, and I could see this is something I made with my hands. And so this is one of the few callings I have had where I got to work with my hands. At the end of the day, I had physically done something to to uh, you know this environment that I was in.
0: Do you have any feelings about the fact that all that work is going to get shredded?
1: Uh, no, I think that's kind of great. Yes, we only keep three years of documents, and every year we shred it all. Uh, it's kind of um, its own circle of life, I suppose. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so while I was a finance clerk, I got, I think, um, a real interesting insight into how the church moves money around, and I thought that would be fun to talk about, because su- surprising to me, um, a lot of people want to know <laughs> how th- what the church does with its money. What are your thoughts when it comes to like church and money?
0: Money is something that I am dispositionally disinclined to think about. Uh-huh. Well, which... You're, you're a teacher, right? I'm a school teacher. And, <laughs> and so that works two ways. One, it's good I don't think too much about money because it's I went right into the much, wrong career if I wanted to make money. Think much, much of it. But I also think that one of the reasons I went into teaching is because um, I think that being poor is safer than being rich mm, in terms of I have less to think about in terms of money. Sure, I might worry about feeding my family but i don't have to grapple with the questions
1: of whether i'm using my money righteously or destroying my soul with it yeah that's great um it's interesting though uh, i have seen this kind of an attitude this anti-rich attitude often expressed you didn't just express it but i've seen it in other members of the church where um like i'm glad that i'm that i don't have this money because um well, maybe it is just what you said. I don't agree. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, I don't agree with this philosophy.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I do either. I think it's a laziness on my part. Yeah, I think it's
1: spiritual laziness. It, I think that um, a, someone. I think that money itself is not inherently good or evil, of course. But, sure. and, but if you have more of it, right, then theoretically you can do more good with it. Theoretically, yes. Although I think some people use that as an excuse to, you know dive into Mammoth. Yeah, well I certainly buy a lot of Magic cards and Switch, <laughs> and Switch games with my um, um, but anyway, yeah, so um, I think that it is there. I have seen this attitude before from lots of members of the church where um, the kind of anti, anti-rich attitude. Um, well, on
0: the other side of that coin, and I haven't run into this as much, but I've run into many people who complain about this as being common, mm-hmm. um, is the attitude, sort of the um, gospel of prosperity, mm-hmm. where if you are rich, you're clearly more righteous. Mm-hmm. And one could make the argument that this must be true if one looks at the uh, average net worth of our general authorities. Mm-hmm. Many of them were in... Uh, rich-making careers. That's right. There's a sister in our ward who uh, is currently furloughed from the federal government. Oh, no. <laughs> but her job is to take down multi-million dollar scams. Mm-hmm. And disproportionately, the number of people she takes down are really nice white guys fulfilling their callings in Utah. Really? Mormon guys. Okay, so there are there are plenty so, of us that are... So, and those, those are people who... She gave an example last time I was speaking with her about a guy who, when they confiscated his planner on... Some days, you would see all this evil taking place as he's scamming grandmothers out of their last penny. And on the next page, you would see where he's making plans to teach the deacons on Sunday because he's the young man's president who's really devoted to that calling yeah. and wants to do right. But somehow he could separate those two things and money, no matter how you get money, is fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As long as, you know, because that's different. Making money is different from righteousness. You wouldn't have all this money if you weren't righteous. Yeah. Boy,
1: that's kind of pernicious.
0: Yeah, it's, it troubles me, and I think part of my attitude comes from a fear that that might be me, yeah. that I might be easily addicted to money.
1: Well, it is good to um, pick careers that where you think you can do the most good in the world. I think there's something to that. Yeah, this is something I tell my kids, right? Is that, you know, whatever it is you end up doing, try to find something that really helps.
0: Although I do think that our, speaking of vistas, like how far I could see... One of the reasons I'm a high school teacher is because I thought I could do a lot of good. But, you know, I'm never going to do anything about... Directly. I'll never do anything directly about something like, like global warming or plastics in the ocean or desperate poverty, right? It's, so,
1: it's interesting. I've heard that argument before, but you're raising kids, right? Maybe they'll yeah, do something about I'm,
0: it. Yeah, I'm not saying... It's just indirect. Yeah, I can't indirect. directly say that I have done something about, you know, this vicious civil war in a third world country. I, that's the kind of good that I have directly remove myself from because I don't want anything to do with money.
1: Well, regarding your other point, it doesn't really surprise me that there are a disproportionate amount of, of, of white dudes that are <laughs> scamming people out of their money. I mean, that's kind of what we see. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, okay, anyway. Let's go ahead and talk a bit about the other topic. Let's get more positive, yeah. Let's get more positive. So you talked about the the um, leadership of the church and how much money they have. Because mm. of all the... Of all, Not that there
0: aren't exceptions. Mm -hmm. In the corner of the toilet, we have some teachers, Mm -hmm. for instance. Yeah, right. Or we did. Are they all dead now? I don't (laughs) know. They might all be dead, depending on (laughs) how you qualify teacher.
1: Let's think about how the money actually gets spent in the church, right? Sure. Um, Nobody really knows, because the church is very closed about its books, um, except in the UK, where they're required to disclose all their information. And
0: it used to be true, I'm told, and our records in the Ward Library only go back to 1989, so I'm I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm told that it used to be that... During, during General Commerce, they give a much more detailed hmm. explanation of where the money goes. That's cool. In a U, more UK sort of way.
1: But the general consensus is that most of the money gets spent on on buildings and maintenance.
0: I've heard that a lot. I've heard that's why we have
1: two-hour church, yeah. so we don't have to build as many buildings. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 50s and 60s, there was an apostle. And his name was Henry Moyle, right? And he actually, Moyle, yeah. You Do know, you know about Moyle? I oh, don't know.
0: Much
1: I know about him. He, yeah, I know a little elder bit. About Moyle, him. I elder say. Moyle. Yeah. Thanks. Elder Emeritus. <laughs> elder Emeritus Moyle. His reason and I'm just I mean, there's a great Wikipedia article here called Finances of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Oh nice. It's very comprehensive. All right. I love uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia is great. And one of the things it talks about is that he was um, he spent a lot of money on buildings. His reasoning that was that you would get more, bigger buildings, you get more converts, right? And eventually, the church just said, "Okay, we've got to slow this down." Uh, so it might be his reason for things like the
0: Interstate Center here in Oakland.
1: Maybe, yeah. My, it actually hits really home to me because my grandpa was a construction worker, and he went on. He was one of these building missionaries, as they used uh. to call them. And he would go from state to state and move around. Like my mom was in a lot of different high schools because kind of like military almost. But, but you know, building buildings yeah. all the way all the way around the country.
0: Do you want a fun? In the fifties and sixties. It's not actually an unfun, swear word free Jay Golden Kimball story. Okay,
1: sure. Those are fun. Yeah, <laughs> Those it's are actually hard to find.
0: not even a story. But uh, he, his name is um, on the records of the people who helped build this church. This he one. He came here and made a little bit of money helping build this church. The, the, the one here in Berkeley. The one that we're sitting in right now. Yeah. Which the is a Berkeley an,
1: Ward building. Which is a gorgeous building. It really is nice. Um, so, yeah, the church spends most of its money on buildings and maintenance, right The rest of the money goes towards things that you 'd expect, like education and ties and, ties and uh, sorry and uh social welfare and things like that i'm mm-hmm. to talk about that here in a minute, but what about the members? who actually gets paid that 's what 's interesting because yeah. if you could criticize um anything, some people are kind of an, kind of annoyed that the that we don't know where the where the money goes because of a closed church. I do. do you think, feel that way?
0: I I'm not that annoyed by it, but I do think we would be in more in keeping with the spirit of the revelations published in the Doctrine and Covenants mm-hmm. if we had much more explicit and publicly available accounting to the membership of the church. Okay. As I read the Doctrine and Covenants, that's what we're supposed to do. So. So I actually. I worry we're out of compliance with the Lord, but it doesn't bother me that much because money. I don't
1: like it. <laughs> yeah, and and right, but and also, I'm not really sure I'm in agreement either. The auditing is pretty explicit and very clear in terms of how the money is spent here at the local level. Sure, I don't doubt that. So let's let's go th- let's go from the bottom up. I'm not. I was never paid as a as a finance clerk, right? Right. You teach seminary. You're not paid for that. No, but the, some people are taught. Paid some for people do seminary. teach. This, so this is one of the branches where you can get paid in the church, and so that is as a teacher. Right. You can go into the institute. Classes or get, or go into education, right? Right. The general church bureaucracy does exist, and they are paid. Right. The bishops are not paid. No. Stake presidents, which are the local leadership of the church here, they're not paid either. Right. Right. If you go on a mission for the church, you're not paid. No, nope. you pay. In fact, you pay. just the opposite. Temple presidents? I don't believe so. I don't believe so either. So the, my point is that most of the members are volunteer. Most of the most of the spiritual stuff, the the lay clergy right right totally unpaid and then you get to the get to the to the to the salt lake level the salt lake level right where where you have people and they receive what i think what they refer to as like a modest stipend
0: well you would
1: say that no matter how much it was (laughs) here's the interesting thing about this as you said a lot of them really were doing great right right and you know our 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 president even was a heart surgeon right you make money doing that yeah I guarantee you whatever he's making now it's not hard surgeon money no <laughs> <laughs> that would be surprising then he had to quit his job to go and become so to me this is one of the to me I just disagree with this mm-hmm. asser- this ass- assertion that the church isn't transparent about its money I think that um, I think if you just if you just add it all, add it all up it's just there's nothing to, nothing to worry about here I changed my mind about
0: the money thing around the time I learned that mission presen- presidents are sometimes paid. And the reason's because I realized that uh, one, of my, one of the things that worries me about the church is sort of an arguable homogeneity in top leadership in mm-hmm. terms of experience. Mm-hmm. But if they will sometimes pay someone who worked in a less lucrative career, then you can have people who did things other than law and business mm-hmm. and medicine. As general authorities, and so I think that in terms of diversity and leadership, the stipend thing is a good thing. If if we believe that we want to have multiple um, experiences contributing at the leadership level, then we have to have more than just lawyers and CEOs. That's great. Yeah, I agree with you completely.
1: Um, so first of all, that's one reason why I don't it doesn't bother me. The other reason I think people are um, they want more transparency is because they're they're shifting. Um their feelings uh, that you would have towards a company that you had invested in onto the church so let me let me tell wait you explain yeah in. explain that better so if you buy stock in a company right and you've for example apple right heard then of it. you've heard then you you have and then you feel like you own a piece of it Well, you do right that's you the, do own a piece that's of it. the theory that's yeah that's the metaphor if you prefer so um and you will get paid based on what you did, right? Unless and you, it's a certain tech stock. <laughs> unless it's a tech, tech stock, right? And you can even sit. You can pay attention to board meetings, and you have a right to know how your money is. You can being, vote. Is being spent, right? Right. When I I don't feel that way about tithing, about church money. When I give money to the church, um, it's a gift. Yeah, that's honestly how I feel about it. Yeah, I I
0: agree with that. Do with it whatever you want. I think if I feeling like I need additional voting rights depending on how much tithing I'm paying yeah it's I' not think a thing that's a dark road
1: yeah it's just not a thing so um, I thought that was an interesting topic because you know the other thing that people talk about when they talk about church and money is how much there is right so do you recall We're presuming yeah we're presuming right and we have some numbers here do you pre- do you recall mormons inc
0: yes and i was thinking about it that book's got to be 20 years old this year if i yeah. remember correctly well it was originally a time article right the time article i
1: don't know if i'm re- dating this by the time article or by the book we have a picture of it right here we can put this in the link this is an article by uh on by common consent right it's yes. by sam brunson and it's an article called lds inc and he has a a link here, and he has a picture of the Mormon's Inc. Time article has a picture of the Salt Lake Temple on it, and it's called Mormon's Inc. Yes, I remember that article. I remember when it came Everyone out. Everyone was talking about everybody it. Everybody was talking about it, which to me was great because you know I was a Mormon and I loved it when people talked about Mormons because
0: yes, and it was it was it
1: wasn't I would it wouldn't call it positive or negative. It was just this is facts. where the money is. So after the so the in the article they said that the church was worth thirty billion dollars, right? And then after the article came out. They said uh, the church. I think there was some response that said it was fairly ex- exaggerated, right? From the church? Yeah, from the church. That sounds right. And um, but nowadays, and it's been 20 years later, that is about what people think the church is is worth. If you count up all the land. Yes, we're one of the biggest landholders in the U.S. Right, but the land doesn't do much of anything. Um, Cows. It's actually kind of a, a yes. It's worth a lot. There. Oh yeah, there is a big ranch farm. Yeah, and fruit, fruits, right? Yeah. But the land that the church sits on, you know, it's worth a lot. But doing this doesn't make them any money, right? It's not appreciating. I mean, maybe it's if they well, sold it. it could be Yeah, money, I, but it's yeah. I understand what you're saying. All they're really doing is just building buildings on it. Um, right here we go. The assets. Time magazine estimated the church had thirty billion. Yeah, the revenues are estimated to be five billion, with assets at twenty-five to thirty billion. Is that a lot of money? It's compared to what? That's what I'm asking. I would say it's a lot of money. Okay. To me, by it's a lot any of money. by any
0: reasonable standards, it's a lot of money. There might be places with much more money, but there's no standard by which thirty billion dollars is not a lot of money. That okay. is a reasonable standard.
1: <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of The West Wing. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I'm you. I've been thinking a lot about government money and stuff like that, right? <laughs> Got compared it. To, compared to um, like. The state of California or, uh, or anything that actually happens in the world. I don't actually think it's that much money. Major governments, sure. Mm-hmm. How does the church actually use it? So like we said, they spend a lot of money. They, where does it come from first? Well,
0: uh, I saw you had a list there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the most interesting source is tithing. Mm-hmm. Just because of the sacred nature of tithing, as we learn from you know, the New Testament, for instance... Tithing. tithing is special compared to other monies, I would say. Mm-hmm. And okay. I don't know what percentage of the church's income is tithing, because I don't know exactly how uh, the various money-making
1: businesses I'd, owned by the church, I don't know how much they bring in. But I'd estimate it like at 70%, maybe even 80%. The businesses? Most, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The oh, tithing. Tithing. Yeah. tithing. Most of the money, I think, comes from tithing. Um yeah, yeah, I agree with you that it is kind of it's it's really interesting um, about tithing. So we we pay ten percent in the church, right? Which is a lot. Um, I served my mission in Brazil in Rio de Janeiro, and we brought you know one as we taught the people about the church. One of the things we had to do was to teach them about tithing, right? Sure. Right. So if you join it the church, <laughs> you're going to be paying ten percent of the of your income. Yes. Right. And, um, of your increase. People get stuck on those two words. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um, you know that it was never an issue, not even once. Really? And 100% of the people that I worked with, they were like, oh, yeah, that's about right. Interesting. <laughs> I think that people have this intrinsic sense of value. They enter the, the church, and they, they look around, and they see what's happening, and they're like, yeah, this is worth about 10% of what I got. Okay. That was my experience. What was the average income of the people you taught, would you estimate? Oh, back in... This was in, you know, in the 90s, right? Late 90s. So this would have been, I don't know, 500 a month, maybe? Okay. U.S.? Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of them had got, got made less than that. And there were some that made quite a bit more. But yeah, it was interesting. That never came out. I think people... I think generally, actually, people say, yeah, this seems about worth it. If I'm going to be a member of this church... My experience is that people have recognized the value of it. That's a that's an interesting way to put it and reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it comes from five from from tithing. Some of it comes from fast offerings, okay? This is what one of the most this is this is one of the most interesting and revealing parts about being a finance clerk in the okay. church, was I got to see where the fast offering money went. Yes. Okay. Now, of course, I can't talk about it in sure. explicit detail. Wouldn't want you to. Okay. But, you know, the church pays for f- a lot of food, which I know is obvious. I mean, when we talk about fast offerings, so for fast offerings are I'm gesturing to the microphone whenever we whenever <laughs> we diverge to talk yes. about stuff that is obviously just Mormon definition. <laughs> uh, fast offerings are we once a month we don't we uh, skip two meals fast and we take the money that we saved and we donate it to the poor.
0: And we are encouraged to interpret the money we saved in the most generous way possible.
1: Yeah, so fast offerings can so are you Half used. a box
0: of cold cereal and some, you know. <laughs> and then
1: again for lunch it's not <laughs> <laughs> <It's> straight. <just not. laughs> it's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know that's but I never really knew right but I gotta say as the clerk I, I got to see it you know the money from fast offerings went through my hands and, and fed people like I saw it right it was really interesting in a way that was visceral like okay we paid for we pay for counseling right for rent for electricity you know um it was awesome uh to see that uh, does any of that surprise you
0: no what I think is interesting about fast offering money is as I understand it, once branded fast offering, it doesn't become anything else. It's for the care of the poor. And maybe that will be in our ward, maybe that will be in Sierra Leone, but somewhere yeah. in the world. It actually is spent here first. Right, here first. Anything extra gets gets siphoned away off to other other right. Which I believe we we're in the black and war for all seven of your years, weren't we? Um I actually didn't keep
1: track of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um the church really did used to be in debt, though. Right. Yeah. Famously with, in the Lorenzo Snow days. That's right. So I looked this up because I didn't know much about it. Um, have you ever, I mean, what can you tell me about the Edmund Hillary Act? Oh, that's, the, yeah, okay, let's see. You just read about it, so we'll see if I'm right.
0: The mm-hmm. Edmund Hillary Act is the act that, I don't know if it, I guess polygamy would have already been illegal, but it, it was the law that would have seized the church's assets for um, engaging in polygamy, including all the real estate and so forth. Am I,
1: is that the right one? Yes, you're on the right. Okay. You're on the right. Um, it's it's horrifying. <laughs> so this was a government act. Yes, that was by government. The, you're talking the feds. By the feds. Okay, Congress. This was, this was before Utah was a state, right? Yes. Uh, this was 1897.
0: Eight, 1887. Wait, right? is that before it was
1: a state? When did Utah um, become a state? It was in the 90s, I think. I think 1890s. The 1890s, I think. All right, it passed the Senate by a vote of 38 to seven. Because you know there aren't the right. so many states. Not as many senators days. It did all kinds of things. It disincorporated the church. Oh yes. Okay. So
0: you just don't exist anymore.
1: You are not a church anymore. Why is the church a corporation? This is stealing again from the common consent article. Why is the church a corporation? I don't know. It's Here. So the church can own land. Oh, is that is is that true? Yeah, that's what that's, I understand. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's so that the church can, um, and so that it can pass on. Otherwise, a person owns the land, and then there's weird right. American stuff. Right, but luckily, um, a corporation is a person that can never die. And that's exactly right. That is the <laughs> reason why it's important that that has the church been baptized? If um, the
0: church is a corporation, a corporation or people, then doesn't the church need to be baptized? Who does that? Proxy. <laughs> it would have to be done by proxy. Yeah, it would but have does to, that mean we can't do it until the church is dead? Some other
1: company. Oh my gosh. Well, during this time, we could have done it because there's a great speculative theological story here. (laughs) So, um, it required an anti polygamy oath for prospective voters, right? It annulled territorial laws allowing illegitimate children to inherit. This is just a weird thing. Illegitimate children meaning children of Uh, probably the second wife, children of polygamists, right? right? Um, It abrogated the common law spousal privilege for it disenfranchised women.
0: Oh, yes, I did know that. That yeah. was a big one because we had given Utah legislature, yeah, in 1870. the territory had given women the right to vote, and right. the funny thing is, you would think that if polygamy was so terrible for women, and I, I know I'm simplifying this, yeah. read Laura Thatcher Ulrich's new book if you want to know more about polygamy, but if it were so bad for women, then they, the federal government should really want women voting.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. They should. If women were so opposed to polygamy,
0: they should want the women to vote.
1: It's a weird. This law seems just totally cobbled together of all kinds of weird things. And of course, one of the things is that the, it did was took money away. Um, it was then upheld three years later, okay, in an act called um, the Late Corporation of the... Apparently it's not an act, them. this is a Supreme, Supreme Court case. Yeah, this is a Supreme Court case by the late corporation of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints (laughs) speaking of dead so i hope they baptized it in 1890 and then when it was resurrected that's right it was already baptized v the united states right and all that stuff was upheld and then they started confiscating money they took three hundred eighty-one thousand dollars in assets all right the u.s the u.s attorney for utah territory It's a lot of money in 1890 i can tell you how much money it was um it was $10.5 $10. million. 100 That's a lot money. of money. Right. Um, and then there was a financial crisis, and the church was borrowing money to try yes. and buy these mills, and they went heavily into debt. And by the time um, President Snow became president, like, in 1900, or um, they were $2.3 million in debt at that point, which is $70 million And it's now. worth pointing
0: out that because John Taylor had spent the last years of his presidency in hiding, mm-hmm. etc. I imagine that the church had a bit of a
1: leadership void that led to a lot of things like the tithing issue that I assume we're headed towards. Yeah, that's what happened. So President Snow <laughs> started saying, hey, guys, pay your tithing. And um, the church got itself out of debt by, I think it says 1907. It's pretty good. And hasn't been in any kind of debt since. In fact... Uh, here's a great story about uh, the great depression and this is about um the wall street crash of 1929 and how it relates to a bank in utah called zion's bank corporation right so i'm just going to read this uh, from from utah from wikipedia here and it says on the morning of february 15 1932 three years after the crash okay customers began a run on the bank waiting in lines that ran out of the building and onto the street Tellers were instructed to honor all the withdrawal requests, oh. all of them. In two and a half days, a total of $1.5 million was withdrawn. And near the end of the second day, uh, President Heber J. Grant, right, placed a sign on the bank's window that said, in part, the bank is in very strong, clean, liquid condition. It can pay off every depositor in full. Fear of its failure is not only without foundation, but positively foolish, there's not a safer bank in the state or the nation. <laughs> I really like President Grant. I don't
0: know if we would have gotten along personally, but I would have loved to like be around him when he said things.
1: The line started to go down. Many people returned their money and by the end their deposits were more than their withdrawals. Wow. So, I think that was really cool. This whole I think this whole experience of going into debt and like nearly not making it um really like the church the church has been like they don't spend they 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 don't live in a deficit, right? It's like people who grew up in the depression. It's like people the who grew up is, in the depression. Yeah, right? still there. The church is still as as it was. It, it does not. Um, it spends less than it takes in, mm-hmm. right? And it saves some of that. There are all these silos up full of grain and all that kind of thing. Um, is it good to not have a deficit in the church? I think it's always good not to have a deficit.
0: Although I think it's worth pointing out before somebody comments below that. The Church does use debt as a financial tool. I mean I remember President Hinckley mentioning that in General Conference once how the church used debt as recommended by its financial planners, but it's never a debt that exceeds. It's just a way of leveraging. I don't understand money. Aaron, it's, it's, <laughs> it certainly is leveraging. It's something. a tool. It's a, it's a financial tool,
1: and it's called debt. Um, I recently learned something about usury. Have you heard of usury? Oh
0: yeah, I didn't know it was pronounced that way, but sure.
1: Well, how would you pronounce it? Usury. Okay, sure. But, but I know <laughs> words
0: from reading books because I'm a nerd. So who knows? <laughs>
1: so if you go to a bank and you want to borrow money from a house, right? All right. Say the house costs um, five hundred thousand dollars because it's a nice round area, number, right? <laughs> and right? you got lucky. <laughs> so you go. To, yes, right. And You got lucky. <laughs> really lucky. So it's out like somewhere <laughs> terrible. Yes. So um, you go and you go to the bank and the bank gives you five hundred thousand dollars. Where did that money come from? Actually, they don't give you. F- they give it to the other person. Yeah, right. They, they buy that. You house never see the money at <laughs> all. You never see the money. But the five hundred. Where did the money come
0: from? Is the question come, uh, from? from everybody else's
1: money? That's incorrect. Is that not true? That's what I learned from It's a Wonderful Life, Aaron. <laughs> it they it out of nothing. Oh, really? Yeah. They oh, write a check for five hundred thousand using money that doesn't exist. See, this is the thing about money: is we're all accepting it on faith. Yeah. It's it's yeah a, it's a concept called leverage and um, if you go back and there's a wonderful YouTube video called money as debt that's really worth watching about watching about this and they create the money out of nothing and then by the time the money all gets paid back it's as if an extra five hundred thousand dollars entered into the world and was used by people because you pay them five hundred thousand dollars right they're still it's literally they created five hundred thousand dollars out of nothing the leverage is the ratio of how much money they actually have from um, depositors to how much money they can create right and the, and it used to be like one to one and then it went up to like one in five or one in seven and now it's like one in ninety the, the amount of money that they can create money and is be, terrible and because of that they can charge interest and charging interest is usury or usury. right rent, and that used to get you killed it did it's illegal according to the old testament yeah we should have mentioned the church does have like ten percent of its income coming from these private investments But from my understanding, that came from the surplus. Like, they took some of the surplus and they invested it. Yeah. So that's why they own this cattle ranch and everything like that.
0: Well, I think a lot of those things are owned also. It came out of the welfare program.
1: It was providing food for people, and then it just grew. So there were two main issues then. One was the transparency in the church, and the other was the quantity of the money. Personally, I don't think they're issues. Well,
0: let's talk about spending. I I brought one story. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, it's one that troubles a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. He is a director of motion pictures. Mm -hmm. And a few times he's tried to make films with the church. The church does finance film in some specific ways. Of course, there are the movies made by the church for church purposes. The church also owns um, Excel Entertainment, which is a film distribution company, and distributes films, but does not fund them. That's the policy. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes... uh, Anyway, I'm not an expert. I don't want to say things that aren't true. That's sufficient. That's sufficient information. And it's frustrating because the church won't pay for these movies, but it will help distribute them once they exist. Um, in comparison, take BYU T V, which is church-owned television, mm-hmm. and they. I don't.
1: I don't know, if they ever, I don't know anything about BYU. TV. Uh, well, your kids don't watch Studio watch C. It. Okay, so I do watch Studio C, right? Is that um, BYU TV? That's BYU TV. Okay. So that's paid for
0: by the church, and they do use tithing money. In. Huh? With that. Um, and BYU TV is high quality television at this point, um, and they are like a lot of television where they will pay for something expensive and then kill it and decide not to air it. And that's happened a few times. Uh, include, and so my friend is frustrated by this because he sees BYU TV spending a lot of money without expecting any results. Whereas the movie side, they won't pay to fund things and they only pay to distribute them. And even in that case, the church has to feel that there's going to be a good return on investment, and if you know anything about the movie business, like there's never a guarantee on investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his frustration is the church is spending tithing money on television, and sometimes without an expectation of return, just like it's good quality programming. Kids who watch Studio C will get baptized someday, maybe I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that's the <laughs> philosophy of it, but but movies are treated differently. Um, and what bothers him, of course, is that he wants to do film with the church
1: well he wants a piece of the action
0: right but also it bothers him that tithing money like if tithing money was being wasted on me that's one thing but tithing money being wasted on other people when they won't waste it on me that is that is a uh that's
1: that's upsetting i you know from is a it? from a human perspective yeah i don't know man so here's what i think yes i think that um the church has a certain number of expenses it needs to make Right, right. Electricity, electricity. It needs to fund the, the this kind of service opportunities. Right. What do you mean by this kind of service opportunities? <sighs> Ah, sorry. I gestured towards the poor. Apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, poor. How's it going? Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <That's> just <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um. But, okay, so they have a certain liability that they have to cover. And then once they cover it, they have this surplus, right? Yes. What are you going to do with that surplus? So in investment strategy, you're supposed to split your investments into three categories. Okay. Safe, moderate, and risky. Sure. And the longer your life goes on, you vary the percentages. Right. Um, But, so if you have this surplus, you're going to invest it in the same way. You're going to invest it in safe, moderate, and risky things. And because it's your responsibility right. in the same way that I don't I don't necessarily
0: disagree with that um, it's just philosophically it's tithing money right it's the widow's might and so it it feels different from regular money but what about the parable of talents also fair right I'm not saying they're easy answers to these questions so let's let's make sure
1: I'm not speaking in tongues okay <laughs> right so in the parable of the talents right you had the the lord gave some money to this person and they invested it and made some money back right this, more money to this person and then the last doubled person, their money in fact their money fine and investing it. yeah the last person buried it right because they didn't want to lose it right right and uh, the lord was mad at that last
0: person I would like to know what happened to the fourth guy who was lent a talent and lost it when he tried to invest it <laughs> See, that guy's not, not even story. didn't make the parable <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: it's interesting because you know um, this is kind of the whole prosperity doctrine, right? That you were describing earlier. Yes, right. Potentially, yeah. If you choose to look at it that no, way. No, but that's not the point of the parable. The point of the parable was no. that it didn't matter how much you were given; it's what you did with it, right? Right. So I think, first of all, I think it'd be irresponsible to, for the church not to do something with the surplus. I don't disagree with that. Right. Now we can. So once we've made that statement, we can argue about whether or not huh, paying for BYU TV is. A good use of that money,
0: right? Well, that's where a greater transparency would make people feel more comfortable,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like if I knew the church lost, I don't know. So let's say a couple million dollars a year on BYU TV, mm-hmm. just to pick numbers that I have no idea of their accuracy. Um, would I feel better about that number if I saw that they were pulling in a hundred times that through safer investments, or you know, you know? And I guess really, what it comes down to is, is it important that I feel comfortable with it? Well, first of all, should I just take this on
1: faith? i think you should think i think that it does make sense to take i mean even though we talked in the last episode about how um we no you know what we talked we said in last episode we were going to use logic and reason we did say that okay so let's use some here okay (laughs) yes you should take it on faith the church is going to do the best you can with its money all right we've said that what is what is let's 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 use financial reason here um One thing, it is marketing, right? Sure, right. It isn't really lost money. Advertising isn't really lost money. And now those Studio C sketches will exist on the internet forever. You joked about how it wasn't, you know, it was going to be like maybe, maybe they're going to get converts or something like that. But you (laughs) know, it's not too far off the truth. That that video of that guy that got hit in the face a lot. Yes, right. Scott Sterling. Scott Scott (laughs) Sterling, right? Darned Everyone if, in my class. If everybody knows that. hasn't ever heard, ever, yes. hasn't seen that, right? And right? The fact that it's a BYU thing is, you know, what's BYU? Oh, it's the Mormons. All you uh, advertising is all about impressions, right? Right. Even though you've heard of Coca-Cola all over, um, they still advertise in the Super Bowl. Yep. Don't want you to forget about them. And another, another reasoning about it could be that you know it's just people, right? At the end of the day, they've been given yes. some money; they're going to try and. I mean, I'm sure they have the same kind of funding procedures that we have in in science, where you do your best to argue and maybe you convince somebody.